Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio. Good morning. Izzy Kempe for breakfast. SCNZ just after 6 o'clock. It's Tuesday. 14th of March, I made my way back south, back to the promised land, back to where the Black Caps got it done yesterday afternoon. What a result for our Black Caps. And the final over, and the final ball, getting the result against Sri Lanka. We'll be talking about that throughout the show, no doubt. But it was a big, big day yesterday, and a big good morning to you, Mr. Tony Kemp. How you doing, Kempe? Good morning, good morning, brother, yeah. Mate, you get around, eh? Selling too good. Travelling all over the Mutu. And uh, one day you're here, the next minute you're down there in Ototahi. Talking about that uh, cricket win. Seriously, how much would the TAB have on it if you were to choose it to be one in the last ball again? You know what I mean? What about that as a multi? Last ball win, last ball win. And um, the way that the Black Caps did it yesterday, another. Man, that's a hard watch. Watching them go to that all the way to the end. The swing and a miss and a, a a chase down, I guess, of the um, the wicket from Kane Williamson down one end and oh yeah, man, that's oh so look so such a I guess a, a good win for the Black Caps. They they dug in. It didn't even look like it was going to get off, did it? Till it kicked off at half past three, and then to chase that run rate down and get it done on the last ball again. Well done, boys, mate. They put everyone back in their place. Just like that. <laughs> yeah, it was a wonderful result, Kempe. It was a, such a good result for, for New Zealand cricket and their confidence. Uh, obviously, evening up the ledger against the English for a drawn series, and now they head to the base and reserve to hopefully win a series. They can't lose it, but they're hoping to win the series. Yep, before we touch on that even more, I just want to talk about my day. You brought up Selwyn too good. Well, yesterday I was lucky enough to head to Selwyn College. I was doing some work um, around the schools, around the colleges, and uh, oh, last year I did that Voices of Hope uh, mental health campaign, and they asked me if I was able to cruise around to a couple of schools and, and do some mental health chats. So yesterday I started at Whangaparoa College, and then we went to Mount Albert Grammar, and then we finished off at Salwyn College, and man, it was such a good day, such a good day, just being able to to give back, talk about my journey, about my story, and, you know, what I've been going through lately with with my mental health. And, man, it's it's amazing the impact you can have on these on these young kids. Like, that's where it all starts, Kimpy. Mm. The young kids, you know, that they go through so much more probably that we went through because of the influence of social media these days is prevalent 
is so prevalent in the community and everyone and social media bullying bullying is one of the leading cause to mental health issues in schools. So it was great to get out there and uh, share my story, be vulnerable, show some vulnerabilities and um, yeah, some great questions coming from the kids and uh, just just a little bit of giving back to the community. So I'll be doing more on Wednesday and down here in Christchurch. I'm heading to Rangiora College, Christchurch Boys High and uh, another college for another three schools. And then hopefully I'm going to make it back to my hometown, Hawke's Bay, get back and uh, catch up with a couple of schools there. So it was a very productive day. Long day, Kempi. Long, in fact, <clears throat> that I was too bloody busy. I couldn't watch any of the cricket. And when that result happened, I was actually on the flight back to Toronto, Tahi Christchurch. But, um, mate, what a day. Good on you. Day for Kiwi cricket. Yeah, and good good on you too, mate. Cup, you know, fill your cup, giving back to, uh, you know, I guess all those kids with aspirations and dreams like we once had when we were sitting in a, in a college hall, you know, listening to, to the greats, which you are, Izzy. So, um, yeah, mate, take my hat off to you for, for being able to get there in that vulnerable space and and give back to these kids, because you're dead right. They're, they're in a different... The innocence is taken from our children these days because of the introduction of social media, you know. Um, there's a couple of great songs by some New Zealand bands out at the moment um, that talk about that, you know, like let our kids be kids and and don't let them be be sucked up by this world of... Um, I, re- I call it confusion because they get given so much information so early. We never ever got mm. given that. You know what I mean? Nah. The closest thing we knew to a telephone was in my in my town, a three minute K down to the red box was six cents, you know? And you had to throw that in the telephone box to ring anyone who probably only lived a K away. It would have been quicker to run to their house and talk to them than go down and use a telephone box at the post office. So these days they got the information at the at the tip of their fingers and some of it isn't good and it takes away their innocence. And but for you to stand up there and talk about your trials and tribulations and, and what kids have to deal with today, they can Quickly, one of the other things I know about kids too, mate, is they put it together really quickly. You know, mm. where we had to think about things back in my day, kids now, like I, was, I never, I never forget looking down at um, my girls. You know, they're doing things and and they've got like a mobile phone that they're talking to someone on. They're watching a um, a Netflix program and they're doing art at the same time. Mm. You know, mate, I had pro- I had problem adding doing my mess, let alone think about two other things at the same time. So. Good on you, mate. Getting out there, it's uh, you know your time to fill your cup, and just as just as healthy for you to do that too, is he? So well done. Yeah, the wife said, messaged me. I said, oh, I got a big day today, blah blah. And she said, she said four words back, time to give back. Yeah, and uh, that's what I was hopefully hopefully doing yesterday. And it actually really hit me how much hurt there is, how much mamae there is, is in the in these kids at school. You know, I had a good chat and then posted this young kid come up to me and he just wanted to ask me a few questions. He wants to continue on in his rugby journey and, and just wants to, he was asking me questions about recovery and, you know, what he should be doing to, and one of his first questions, look, um, I, w- I want to, you know, how do I work on my skills in training to make ensure that they come off in the game? I said, mate, there's only one way you can do that. You have to train under pressure. You have to put yourself under so much pressure in training. So when you get to the game, it is easy. I said to him, mate, when I was training, trainings were harder than the games. Way harder. The more pressure you put yourself under in training, those situation scenarios will come up in the games and you'll be like ready for it. So it won't hit you and you won't be get all gold blank and, and feel like you, you can't achieve it because you've done it in training. And then afterwards, I had a chat to him. I said, look, um, how are you feeling? And he was like, oh, I'm lonely. I said, oh. 
I didn't expect that to come on me. He goes, oh, lonely. And I said, yeah. I said, well, why's that? And he goes, oh, I just feel left out and, you know, like um, you know, it's pretty hard to, to find friends and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and I was just sitting there absolutely gobsmacked. And I was like, oh, my, how do I do this? How do I do this? And he says, hey, um, if you come up to Auckland, do you reckon we could catch up and, and you know, just, just have a catch up and a coffee or, or, or just go do some training? And, and I was like, yeah, of course, man. Course, and then I was like, I was like, yes, yeah, sweet as. I was like, yeah, bro. Um, follow me on Insta. I'll follow you back, and and I'll I'll keep in touch and blah blah. And I said, yeah, get out your Insta, bro. Give me a follow. And he goes, oh, I don't really use Insta. Eh? It's it's not good. For Instagram is what I'm talking about. Instagram, it's not really good for my mental health. And it got me thinking. I was thinking, why do we put our kids through this with social media? Mm. You know, like it's you got the cool kids that are cool on social media. But then you've got these other kids on the on the flip side who are absolutely struggling with it, and they're probably struggling because, you know, it's, it all comes back to how many followers you got. You know, if you've got a thousand followers and the other person's got fifty, you're not seen as being cool. And it actually just had a had a had a, a string with me and thinking I've got kids. You know, I don't want to put my kids through this. Like, and it's hard for me to say this because a lot a lot of our life is on social media. And I'm just starting to question if, if I want my kids to go down that track and, and be like that, knowing that how much impact it has for a simple fact that you don't have any followers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And this kid's saying to me he's lonely. I was like, as a father, it hurt, it hurt Kempi, you know? Oh, yeah, that's a that's bloody sad, mate. And that, I guess the courage that that kid had to come out and, and feel comfortable in that space to say that to you too is, you know, like it's... Uh, 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 you know that's that's a tool that you've been given. You know to allow those 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 kids to talk, and that's the most important thing about it. Is that although the social media opens up the world for our kids, this is my experience with it. You know I've got growing up kids and I've got a fifteen year old girl. My experience with with social media is that it does shut them down. You know they live in a they live in two different worlds. One is online and one is the real world, and. You know, you go to school these days and, and we're not moving as fast as social media is moving. So we should be doing things like um, socialising, like having classes like how to socialise. You know what I mean? How to how to make friends and influence people. Remember the old Dale Carnegie book? You know, if you want to get a book for a kid, get him that book. How to win friends and influence people. Because that's a, that's a good book on just how to socialise. And unfortunately for social media, it makes you unsociable. So... Um, yes. We, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Every parent listening this morning will be thinking the same thing. How do we deal with that? Look, I don't have the answers because I think social media is a part of our life. But one thing we can do is we've got to keep keep it real and have those conversations um, and allow the, allow our kids to continue to be able to open up and, and have those conversations back. Because it is a two-way thing. We can't just shut it down. You know, I, I was brought up in the era of do as I say, not as I do. Um, you listen, mm. you don't talk. And then it's changed now to... I think so much so that actually they're telling us to listen and we don't talk, you know. So we've got to find a balance. And you're, I guess you with your kids at their age, is that's where the balance is coming in through your um, generation and your children's generation. So one of the one of the good things is, is you're out there talking. Um, mate, I know this for a fact. It's uh, going to affect many, many lives and, and just keep doing it. Like Daisy said to you when she sent you that text, it's your time to give back. So well done, brother. 
Yeah, cheers, brother. It was a good day, good day. And uh, if you're out there and you're listening, mum and dad, just please be present if you can as much as possible. It's something I'm trying to come to grips with as well. When the kids are there, put the phone down, listen, play, and, and be there for your young ones because they grow up real quick and they'll be like me and they'll leave home and, and be too cool until they grow up and become mature. We're still trying to find that maturity. Anyway, double eight, double three, oh eight hundred, one five oh eight to eleven on the Kennards Higher phone line. We have another pair of the all new ZG twenty three range of golf shoes from Adidas. Get in touch with us. Double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight to eleven and let us know what is the biggest sporting lie. There's plenty friends out there that have lied through their teeth that you've ever heard or ever told. One amateur player over an Aussie shot back-to-back 59s, which is all, which almost sounds too unlikely to believe. So we want to know if you've heard such a tale, which you're almost certain is a lie. We've all got those friends that will come back and say, mate, I caught an absolute mammoth fish. It was about a 40-pounder. Camera was away. My phone was flat, but I had to put it back. <laughs> you know, like, we've all got those friends. Come on, come through and let us know. The, the one that hits me, the one that I see that is the funniest or the most un- incredible lie will win those ZG23 golf shoes. They are lightweight and they have zero compromise. How good. Let us know, double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five oh. Let Kempi, I can see you. I can see you telling a few fibs in your time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just ask me. Um, <laughs> nah, mate, never. never. That's probably the biggest one. Right, I think it's a competitive nature of, uh, of, of especially males, is that they've always got to have one better. You know, you're stuck in those stories and you go, yeah, mate, I remember when I did this and I did that. And then the, and the straight comeback is, oh, mate, got the same story, but I did, and it was one better. <laughs> it's always yeah. one better. Who's that? Oh, Who's that? I'm not, Al? Is I'm, that Al? I'm not going to say. <laughs> nah, not Al. Not Al. But anyway, this um, yeah, that's a that's a great question for today to get those ZG23s. I'll tell you what, there's plenty out there. There's plenty on the golf course. You know that one mm. shot back to back 59s. Yeah, okay. That's like okay. What's your name, John Ram? <laughs> Hey bro, hey bro, I eagled the 15th, I eagled the 15th, had a nice round for 73, but I didn't hand the card in. (laughs) Get out of here, get out of here, there are so many of you out there that tell so many lies, we'd love to hear from you, and uh, throughout the show we will, well, read them out, have a wee giggle, and we'll announce the winner towards the end of the show, and remember, we asked you last week, where does Ryan Fox finish? at the Players' Championship. Well, he has finished tied for 27th. End of the show. We'll announce that winner from last year's, uh, last week's competition. There you go. It is now 18 past six, and it's time for this. Can't wait question of the day. Yes, that's right. We talked a wee bit of cricket at the start of the show, and we're going to continue on those conversations. Well, yesterday... Yesterday's finish was so unbelievable, we want to relive it with you. Let us know where you were or who you were with when the final ball was bowled last night. 0800 150 on the Kennard Tire phone line. Give us a call or double eight double three. We'd love to hear from you because that was another win for the ages. Test match cricket is well and truly alive. New Zealand winning it. Off the final ball, 53 overs in the final day to chase down 
257 runs with nine wickets in hand. And Neil Wagner, well, with the injuries he was carrying, he had to go out there and dig deep and, well, form a little bit of a partnership and actually run with a torn hamstring to get that single in the end. So you can ask, you know what kind of heart and grit that he had to show. We always knew that from Neil Wagner. But that final win, that final run win, eight, eight runs off the final over, clocks one for four, he needs one off one, and bang, gets it with a bye, goes upstairs, gets over the crease, and is just in for a 1-0 win at Hagley Oval to lead the series 1-0, heading to the Basin Reserve. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know. Your well yesterday finish was so unbelievable. We want to relive it with you. Let us know where you were and who you're with when that final ball was bowled last night. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Welcome back. We're talking cricket. It's 25 past six, and what a day to be talking the great game. That is Test Cricket. Our Black Caps have done it again. The final ball of getting the result against Sri Lanka. Kane Williamson, 121, not out. A leader's knock from our man, Kane Williamson. And we asked you, where were you? What were you doing? What were your emotions in that final over when the Black Caps got the result? And Steve has come through so good. It was me, my wife, my seven-year-old, and my five-week-old baby in my arms. I was supposed to be rocking her to sleep, but she wouldn't sleep. I presume that's because my heart rate was so far out of control. And I'm sure many, many were feeling the same as well, Kempe. You would have been watching that game. You would have been watching that finish. What a result. It was a, it was a result. And uh, also the people down at Hagley Oval too that had to hang around to half past three for uh, the, the covers to be taken off and the, and the, and the first ball to be bowled. Um, so take my hats off to them. Yeah, look, I just couldn't, I couldn't get a, um, across the... Like, it was hard enough watching the last one against the, the, the English you know, going right down to that last ball to do it two tests in a row um, and in the manner that they did. Just talking about Wagner and getting down that pitch. He's got a bulged disc in his back too, is he? So not only a pulled hamstring, he's got a, you know what that's like. So you've got a bulged disc yeah. in your back, your hamstrings. The amount of pain the man went through to get to the other end, because that's where they should have thrown him out. He would never have made it. He's gone He's gone over the, over the wicket down to the other end and hit the wickets um, when Kane Williamson has slid in and got in by... And like Aroha said, half a metre, uh, I was on the couch. <laughs> I was on the couch just yeah. going, here they go again. Like, I'm thinking about how good how good is this? The first thing, like I said, come to my mind, like, what were the odds on that? What's the multi? Two last ball wins by the Black Caps if you could have picked that up. We'll have to uh, ask Paulie Mawati that. Yeah, surely some punters got on for a result. But mate, how good is it? Like two and a half weeks ago, we were asking questions about this Black Cap side. You know, where are they? Where's their intent? Where's their fight? You know, where's their willingness to, to win at all costs? And they've done it back-to-back. They've, they've provided us with back-to-back wins in test matches, which is, they are far-fetched. They are far-fetched in tests at the, um, in the old days, you know. You're playing out for a draw. 257 runs with a final day, only 53 overs. Usually, you just grind out a draw. Mm. But no, they've gone out there with some intent. And this guy has to be one of the most important cogs in that Black Caps team. Other than Kane Williamson, you got Daryl Mitchell. Daryl yeah. Mitchell's stats, he's played 17 tests, 26 innings, 
four not outs for 1,299 runs. A high score of 190 with an average of 59.04. He scored a test century in the first innings and he's gone on and he's hit, well, a match winning, I feel, 81 in that final uh, innings. Him and Kane Williamson got them on the front foot, went out there, showed some grit and determination to win at all costs. And got the result. Like, this man must be the most important cog in that Black Caps team. He is an unsung hero. He flies under the radar. He doesn't get all the accolades or kudos that he probably needs to deserve. When you read out those stats, 26 innings, and he's already hit 500s, 850s. So he gets a start. He doesn't give away his wicket cheaply. Like, he is phenomenal form at the moment, Kempi. Yeah, and and you're dead right. Those stats are uh, 60, 60 runs every time he goes to bat. Um, and that 80 in the test match against the Sri Lankans to, to, to back up Kane Williamson, who was just absolutely outstanding. Um, he's got to be the form player, Mitchell, yeah. a country mile. You know, he got Wagner going out, Doug Brace will come in and replace him. What do you think of that change? I like that change. I like it. Knowing what um, Fernando was able to do with the ball, like he was swinging it absolute miles. And that's what Bracewell does. He's a great swing ball. He doesn't bring heat. He's in about mid-130s, maybe early 130s. But he can move the ball. He can shape the ball. I love that change. Coming in and, and making a change, taking over from Neil Wagner. He'll get an opportunity combination with Tim Sally. Tim Sally's bowling extremely well. You've got Blair Tickner, who's finding his feet finally at Test Cricket, giving him a bit of time in the saddle. To have a wee crack, so I absolutely love it. And Kimberly, she loves it as well. I was on the couch. The old partially blind and slightly anxious dog kept freaking out as I pained out every moment in the last 10 minutes. Wags crouching over Williamson, knowing they had done it, was a beautiful thing. This is Test Cricket. Kimberly, I totally, totally agree. I, th- I think the question's asked now is what do we do? What do we do about Henry Nichols? Yeah, that was my next question. fire again. Ailing to fire again, 20 runs in that second innings. This was his time, apparently, at Hagley Oval to change people's perspective and thoughts of, of Henry Nichols. Well, I think time is running out. I did set think time is running out. Whether they can make a change, if there's someone to take that change, Will Young has been replaced from Dougie Bracewell. So that is the question, really. What do we do with Henry Nichols? Double eight, double eight, double three, or oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We'd love to hear your thoughts because the questions are still being asked: whether we should continue down the track with Henry Nichols batting at four, at a real, real pivotal position for the Black Caps. You lose number four, then you're relying on Tom Blundell, Daryl Mitchell to come in and save a the Test match, which Daryl Mitchell has and Tom Blundell has done time and time again, but you really need that number four position to be solidified and cemented in someone with a bit of form. So where do the Black Caps go now? Do they make a change heading to the Basin Reserve? Henry Nichols under extreme pressure. Let us know. 0800-150-811 on uh, the Kenard's High phone line or double eight double three on the Temper Bed Post text machine. Coming up, Joey B with some headlines. Here's Aroha. With the news for Kubota, together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha. It's now time to get some headlines with Joey B. Brought to you by Bunnings. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Joey B. Yes, boys. Well, it was an unbelievable feeling watching that final ball from home. But Neil Wagner told us what it was like actually being on the pitch. 
I had to just put my head down and go. Uh, Kane was great. Angry, I didn't go the ball before that, but I yeah, thought he's the man to do the job. Um, an exceptional from him and Daryl and all the guys. Just an amazing team effort. Great spirit practice. Love to see it, boys. And Tom Latham will lead an ODI squad against Sri Lanka, featuring two potential debutants for the Black Caps in the format. Canterbury's Chad Bowles and Auckland's Aces Ben Lister are the two uncapped players with the first match set for March 25th at Eden Park. Sri Lanka's final ball defeat means India have secured their place in the World Test Championship final. They will play Australia for the Test title at the Oval on uh, the 7th to the 11th of June. Those are your sports updates, boys. Thanks to Bunnings Trades and Builders. Power your business with the Bunnings Trade Power Pass. There you go, Izzy. Thank you, Joey B. Chad Bowes. Yeah, he's been flying for the Wizards at the moment. So, uh, well done. Well done. Getting his uh, much-anticipated debut or opportunity to go there in the ODIs and maybe put on the black firm. So there you go. Well done. Thanks for that, Joey B. We are talking about Henry Nichols, Kempe, and uh, it's a difficult situation, but the stats don't lie. 250 runs at 166 Average in 15 innings. So he's had 15 opportunities to change the kind of focus for Henry Nichols, but he hasn't been able to fire. So as a coach, Gary Stead, you've been in the coaching role. How do you approach this? How do you approach this Henry Nichols situation? His last century was last February. So over a year ago, he was able to forge some runs and get some runs on the board, but it hasn't been the case as of late. So what do we do with Henry Nichols? Yeah, look, it was the first thing I thought about, you know, like when you, you've you got two wins and a team that's really dug in and, and dug it out the last ball of each over to win two, two test matches, it would be, um, I think, a detriment to the team to start shifting it around and put a negative on, on, on such such a big positive, which is getting the win. So, um, you know, coaches love to to um, stick with class because I think that class will always come through in the end. And yes, I, I agree with Henry Nichols. I, I agree that his form is down and he's scoring not as many runs as what we'd like him to score. But part of my coaching philosophy would be to hang tough with him, you know, because you got you just got to look back. Kane Williamson in that in that test, those two test matches against the, the English, struggling, and then all of a sudden comes out, and if it wasn't for him. In this test match, we probably wouldn't have won it. You know what I mean? So I think you've got to you've got to stick with class. Um, yeah. And in this and in this case, having the two wins by the way that they've done it sort of helps Henry Nichols. And and I think that's the way that Gary Settle will play it. I think he'll keep him there. I absolutely love that, Kempi. I wasn't predicting that from you one bit, and I love it because that's that's a sign of a good coach. You show faith in your in your players. Yes, he's having a bit of a form slump. A form is temporary, class is permanent. And we know the class that Henry Nichols has. Yes, he hasn't shown it for a wee while now. And you're dead right. Like the result speaks volumes of, of this unit at the at the moment. Back to back wins. We don't know we do not want to put a negative spin on it and, and go down that line. So absolutely love it. You hold firm. I guess if he isn't able to fire in the next few months and the results aren't what they have been, then I think those questions will be asked, and potentially even a, just a little stint back in, te- in domestic cricket to get some form, to get some confidence back, knowing that he has been, he has achieved on the international stage, and he has done it. But we love talking black caps, and we love talking that result because it was a fine result for our black caps team, 
and uh, well good, well done. And there you go, Chris, leave Henry alone. Yeah, leave him alone, Hen- leave him alone, Chrissy. <laughs> leave him alone, he's well done. He's there, he's sorted. He's in the fold, and they got the result. They're going to head to the basin and hopefully go back-to-back and get a first series win in a very, very long time. Well, uh, we were talking, well, ZG and liars, that you know, the ZG Golf Adidas Golf Shoes, and we are talking about liars that are amongst the people that you hang out with. And, well, Ed's come through, and I think Ed's going to win it, isn't he? This is a hell of a lie, Kippy. <laughs> it's the best one. It's been, it's been going on for 25 years. Can you read it? I can. This one comes out every year. This is from Uncle Ed down in Huntley. It's our year. What a load of tickle. And that's from Ed. Oh, well, Ed, you, you, Ed, you probably just won yourself a pair of golf shoes, but we've got to continue on the competition throughout the show. So let us know, double eight, double three. Brand new pair, another pair of the all-new ZG range of golf shoes from Adidas. All you have to do is let us know what is the biggest sporting lie you've ever heard or ever told. One amateur player over an Aussie shot back-to-back 59s, which almost sounds too unlikely to believe. So we want to know if you've ever heard such a tale, a tall tale which you're almost certain isn't real. So there you go. We'd love to hear from you. You can win yourself a pair of Adidas golf shoes. We've got to talk Foxy. We've got to talk Ryan Fox because yesterday the players concluded over at TPC Sawgrass. Scotty Scheffler, well, he's on another planet. He continues with his fine form. Number one world golfer in the world. He is flying. He won four and a half million US. He's the only player to win alongside Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods to win the Masters and the players in the same calendar year. So he joins an illustrious group of golfers, and he is flying. But it's our man Ty, uh, Ryan Fox, tied for 27th. Foxy, 460,000 he won last week. This week, 193,000. So around 600,000 US, around 800,000 New Zealand dollars for two weeks' work. He is in <laughs> fine form, Foxy. Two weeks' work, two, week, two weeks of golf. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad when you're calling that work. Let's go and pick up plenty there. You did right. We've got uh, out of seven, Brentley, uh, Romain coming up as he talking championships and especially the, uh, get his thoughts on Scottish Scheffler would be really good. Um, mate, there's some, there's, you know, there's so much sport going on at the moment. It is hard to get your head around it. One of the other ones, and we'll, we'll hopefully talk a little bit more about this later in the week, but the NRL going to 20 teams has just come out. So they're thinking by 2025, they're going to add another three teams to the competition. Wow. Yeah. And it's... It, Southern Bears. It has gone... Un, exactly. It is going under the radar. And um, I thought maybe later on in the week we might get someone on just to have a chat about that to see how, how true that rumour is over there in Sydney at the moment. Another Kiwi team? Go have to be. We're going to go three more. Has to be. Has to be. Yeah, yeah. Let's get your man. Got the big stadium down there. What do you reckon? It'll be finished by then. <laughs> what a launch! It will be. It will be unreal. Well, I love that. Love that little rumor. You should have saved that for the room. Save it up. And maybe we can continue on. We got our Keza, our good man Kieran Bingham coming on to talk ANZ Premiership at around seven forty. And after eight, we got Garth Galloway. We're going to be talking all things cricket after eight. Because it was a big day 
of cricket yesterday and a message has come through. He ain't bloody class, boys. Talking in regards to Henry Nichols. He has had class. He's just failing at the moment. Let's stay true, like Kempi said. The result has saved him for now. It's given him a bit of time to find some form and hopefully he can continue to do that. It's time for Quizzy Dag. 0800 Quizzy Dag, take on me, the quiz master. Give yourself a chance to win a $50 TAB bonus bet. It is up for grabs. 0800-150-811. Call now. Yes, welcome back. 0800-150-811. Give us a call. I know you're a little bit worried that quiz hasn't gone past maybe one or two callers. But I promise you this. Robbie is angry today. And we need you. We need you to call. It's a tough tough quiz. I hope I don't eat my hat like you, Joey, from Gizzy. But anyway, we'll soon find out. We're going to head to the Tolaga Bay, and we've got Ed on the line. Morning, Ed. Oh. Hey, morning, brother. Morning, morning. Good luck. Here we go. Morning, Question number uh, one, morning, Scottish. Morning, Eddie. Scotty Scheffler sealed the oh. title of the Players' Championship yesterday. Who took home second place? Somebody else, bro. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, mother. Have a good day. Brett from Huntley. Second place. Players Championship to take home a cool 2.7 million US dollars. Who was it? Uh, the English fella, um, Hatton. He was like 12 under. Yeah, Tyrrell Ter- oh, Hatton. Shot seven off, under. Though, seven under final day flew home he was currently going to take home 200k and now he's taking home 2.7 so there you go what a day a great final inning uh final round from Tyrrell Haddon question number two Arsenal currently sit top of the Premier League what team holds a comfortable 13 point advantage at the top of the EFL championship is that second division yep I don't know any teams in no. that comp uh hey no, I don't know any teams in that comp. You want a clue? Yeah, same. Uh, I don't know this team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Charlton Athletic. Is Charlton Athletic in that comp? Nah, sorry, mate. <laughs> See you later, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, it's that EFL, EPL, what is it? You know, what's that one? Uh, Carabao Cup, mate. There's so many. Can't even keep up. It's uh, confusing as anything. But anyway, Simon from Auckland. Hopefully he'll get it. Hey, boys. How you going? Good, thank you. Arsenal currently sit top of the Premier League. What team holds a comfortable 13-point advantage at the top of the EFL? One of those leagues. Burnley. Burnley Burnley is correct. Well done. Question number three. Name either of the second or third seeds that have already been knocked out of the Indian Wells Masters. In the men's. Yep, the men's, yep. Um, third. Any clues on that one? Uh, yep, Gullet was a great Dutch footballer. Oh, Rude. Uh, rude. Kasper Rude is correct. And Stefanos Titsipas is the other name you needed. There you go, well done. Question number four. The World Temp. Test Championship Final will take place in June at the Oval. But what ground saw the Black Caps beat India to win the last edition? Oh, um, oh, 
five. It was four. Was it three, Southampton? Two. One. I need the name of the stadium. Two. Oh. One. Nah, I just know I was in Southampton. I don't know the name of the stadium. That's what we need, eh, Robbie? A bit of clarity, name of the stadium, eh? Yep, dead right. All right, sorry, Simon. Yeah, Have a good angry. day, mate. He's angry, Simon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is Robbie. He's angry as anything. Brenton from Auckland. How you doing, brother? Brenton. Yeah, mate. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, got you, mate. Got you there loud and clear. The World right Test on. Championship final will take place in June. At the Oval, but what ground saw the Black Caps beat India to win the last edition? I'm sure it's the Hampshire Bowl. The Hampshire Bowl is incorrect. Sorry, mate. Have a good day. Brad from Dunedin. How you doing, Brad? Yeah, good, fellas. How are we? All good. Good, thank you. What ground saw the Black Caps beat India to win the last edition of the Test Championship? Is it the... Oh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it the Gears Bowl? Bowl. Correct. Well done. The Rose Bowl, I guess, Bowl. Who is the only player to score points in two Rugby World Cup finals? Two Rugby World Cup finals. Yep. Yep. Five. Oh. Four. Three. Two. One. Larkham? Larkham is incorrect. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. John from Christchurch. Good, thank you. Who is the only player to score points in two Rugby World Cup finals? Um, oh, I'll just go DC. DC is incorrect. Incorrect. He's a, he was injured last final. Sorry, mate. Have a good day. Richie, upper heart. 30 seconds. Uh, Johnny Wilkinson, is he? Johnny Wilkinson is correct. There you go. $50 TOB bonus bet coming your way. Well done, Richie. Love racing coming up. Yes, it's 6.58. And call any time on the Kennards High phone line 0800 150 811. Yes, it's our Love Racing update. And the Kiwis out in full force this March. James McDonald has been booked to ride prowess. How good. And the Vinery Stud Stakes on Rose Hill on March the 25th. And Aegon will line up in the All-Star Mile at the Valley on Saturday for Andrew Forsman. But this is the big one. Levante is ready to take on Animo in the George Ryder Stakes at Rose Hill in the Golden Slipper Day this Saturday. Come on, Levante. The Kiwis are all out. But here's one for you. While we scale the form for a winner at Matamata tomorrow, one horse has opened at $2.60 favourite at Warwick Farm. Yes, that's right. Our very own Pongo, owned by the Dagger Beal, is as short as his jeans he wears when he goes out on a Saturday night. It looks like the one to beat up against some very experienced horses. They say Bathins for Andrew Forsman. One of them, Pongo, has a chance tomorrow to show us how far he's come after the last one. Get on, take the $2.60. Here's Aroha for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Welcome back, Izzy Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. It is a beautiful day down here in Otatahi, Christchurch. Not a cloud in the sky. Wherever you are in the country, I hope you're having a great morning so far. You're up and ripping into your big day, heading to work, heading to wherever you are, and staying tuned to SENZ. We've got a big couple of hours 
coming up. Right now, we're going to talk golf because Scotty Scheffler secured the largest purse on the PGA Tour and leapt up to number one on the world rankings after a masterful showing in the final round of the Players' Championship. To recap a glorious four rounds of golf as NBC Sports and the Golf Channel correspondent, Brentley Remind. Brentley, it's been a long time, mate. How are you doing? What a day of golf. Doing, I know, right? I, uh, I just poured my afternoon coffee uh, in homage of you guys being uh, early in the morning over there. So uh, we'll sip our coffee together. And hopefully Scotty Scheffler uh, had coffee this morning since he, he uh. said he doesn't drink coffee during tournament weeks, which is just strange. <laughs> mate, he is on another planet. He is on another planet, winning by five shots. It was made comfortable in the end, but that was after a bit of a collapse, particularly when Matsuyama was making a wee run. Then you've got Minwoo Lee from Australia, who will be just ruining that disastrous triple bogey. Look, it was all made easy work. The downfall? Was it hard to play golf there? Not when, not when you see Tyrrell Haddon shooting seven under in the final round. So they just let one slip, really. Yeah, you know, I, I really felt going into the final round that it, it, it was Scotty's to lose, obviously, but I felt like Minwoo was really the only guy, if someone was going to take him down, I thought Minwoo was pretty much the only guy. And early on, it, I mean, it looked like Scotty, um, I mean, he, he certainly left the door open, right? I mean, uh, Minwoo ties uh, him for the lead after the third hole, but then just a, a, a really poor, you know, couple of compounding mistakes from Minwoo on the fourth hole going iron off the tee finding the rough laying up and then putting this third shot in the water I thought from there and then especially after the 11th hole where he was kind of hitting around uh in the left trees for a little bit I thought those two holes really knocked him out of it and from there it, it, it was just Scheffler I mean he's just so good and uh let's be honest when when Tyrrell posted 12 under I, I didn't think there was any shot that Scotty was going to go back to him at that point I think Scotty may have been at 14 at that point but the thing about Scheffler really and the thing that makes him so good is number one his short game and number two because of that short game he's just never going to really give a lot of shots back so I don't think he had his best stuff yesterday, but he clearly kept it together. A short game saved him on the front nine, and then he finally figured it out for a few holes there in the middle of the round, ran off some birdies, and then he ends up winning pretty easily. There's there's definitely a decent crowd there, um, Brindley, and, and do you think that played a little bit into Scotty's hands with, with his experience and just knowing how to shut it out um, from anyone else that was coming, coming at him? Yeah, you know, especially when you consider that Minwoo, I mean, he, he he's experienced, right? I mean, even though he's just 24 years old, he's won twice on the DP World Tour, but he's not experienced in the sense of going toe-to-toe with a Masters champion at one of the biggest tournaments in the world and one of the most raucous arenas in the world when you consider that 16th, 17th hole area. And Minwoo said it himself afterwards. I mean, that was the most people that he's, that he's seen on a golf tournament. And so when you consider that, and the fact that Scotty just is one of those big game hunters. I mean, he when you look at the the tournaments that he's won, I mean, he's won a Masters, he's won a WGC, he's won a Players now, he's won at Bay Hill, he's won Phoenix twice. He just doesn't, he's not phased by the moment. So I think that if you look at advantages, yeah, I mean, I, I think you guys are absolutely right. I think that when you just compare Scotty to Minwoo, the fact that he can handle all that extra noise, all that outside energy, 
because when you're playing amongst crowds like that and, and there's that noise, there's just a different kind of pressure, I think, inside the ropes, and you got to really be able to block it out. And Scotty's proven to, you know, be doing that better than just about anyone in the world or better than anyone in the world right now. Would you say it's pretty safe bet that Scotty? Like, Scotty has to be in your thoughts when you're thinking of a potential winner at any golf tournament that Scotty's a part, let alone a major, going forward, he's a safe bet to win, you know, one of the four majors this year, let alone maybe a couple. You know, he is in flying form. And talking to golfers, they say it's bloody hard to win a golf tournament. Well, Scotty's doing it with ease at the moment. Yeah, you know, it, it, I think it comes down to, again, you're talking about short game. That mm. That's a skill that a, a lot of the stars have, but a lot of maybe the really good players don't in terms of being elite, elite. I mean, we know that probably if you, you know, pick a PGA Tour player out of a bucket, chances are he's probably going to be a really, really good ball striker, but he's going to e- either struggle on the greens or struggle around the greens. And Scotty just really, I mean, this is thrown out a lot, I think, but he just really has no weaknesses. I mean, when you look at his game and the fact that tee to green right now on the PGA Tour and strokes gain tee to green, he's number one on the PGA Tour. Uh, around the greens, he's 21, which is elite. And putting, he's 101st, but I would argue that he's probably a better putter than that. It's just been a little bit of a down year so far for him. But he just, he doesn't make mistakes. And when you do that, especially on the toughest golf courses, you're going to win more often than not. Hey, Brinley, so, so we, we know we're going to talk, you know, the the same blokes are always there, you know, Scottish Schefflers, the John Rams. What about anyone else in the in the players' tournament that uh, impressed you? Was there a name that we should be looking out for in the future? Yeah, there's there's a couple. I think Tom Hoagie is one of those guys um, yeah. that people don't talk about. But when you look at just the designated tournament so far, the PGA Tour, I, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think he's like sixth in points this season if you just consider play at these designated events. So he's, he's again, a, a really, really good ball striker. Um, you know, went out, set the course record on third on a Saturday in the third round, shot 62. He's probably the best player that people don't talk about. I mean, when you look at the leaderboard, Victor Hovland, Hideki Terrell, like we know those guys are good, right? They're Ryder Cuppers, President's Cuppers. Tom Hoagie's going to probably make the Ryder Cup team this year. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he does that. And, and so he's just a guy, again, another great week for him. But then watch out for Justin Suh. T6, he's been trending, um, was part of that Victor Hovland, Matthew Wolf, Colin Morikawa graduating class, four-time All-American at Southern California, uh, but didn't get off to the same start as those other three, hurt his wrist in the first three or four months as a pro, took a while for him to get, even get on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is the PGA Tour's developmental circuit right below them, kind of the AAA of the PGA Tour, but he was the Corn Ferry Tour Player of the Year last year, super consistent. It seemed like every week he was in the top 20, top 15. And, again, just slowly trending. I think he's right on the outside of the top 60 in the FedEx Cup points. And we all know that this year is a huge year in terms of getting in that top 50 and trying to get into all the designated events next year. Because I think once we get to next year, we're going to find that it might be a little bit harder to crack uh, that top 50 moving forward. But, yeah, uh, Justin Saw, just a super impressive player. Um, really interesting the way he practices. He's very data-driven. Um, 
you know, very course management. Like that's one of his forte. So just a fun player to watch. And uh, also a good friend of Kurt Kitayama who won a couple weeks ago at uh, Bay Hill. Talk to me about Colin Morikawa. Where's his game at the moment? Because every time he, he plays in a tournament, he starts well. One round, maybe two rounds, he's always in contention. But that third round, he seems to, he seems to waver. Is there any concerns about Colin and where, where's his game at at the moment? No, I mean, I, I think if you compare his level of play right now to maybe what it was uh, last year or two years ago uh, when he won the Open and then obviously wins, wins the PGA in 2020, that kind of year stretch where, you know, he won a few times. Yeah, I, I think it's it, it might be easy to look at Colin and, and say, yeah, I mean, he's he's in a little bit of a slump right now. But when you just compare it to, you know, everyone else in the world and, you know, kind of the last three or four years, I mean, I, I – I think he'd take kind of, you know, that collective performance, you know, since he turned pro in 2019 to now. So I think it's just a matter of just the ups and downs of pro golf, like getting used to certain things. He certainly missed a couple cuts in his last couple starts, but he's also got four top top sixes since uh, the Hero World Challenge in December. So it's not like he's playing terrible. T13 at the players is pretty good. I just think the standard is has been set so high for him um, in terms of American golf and um, you know, being kind of the anointed one before Scotty came on this last year or so. Um, so I, I, I think it's just a matter of maybe tempering expectations because he's still really good right now. I mean, I, I don't see any part of his game that's super concerning. Um, I, I think he's he's starting to build a really good foundation to be able to take some improvements with the with the putting, with the short game this next year or so. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if we see Colin win here in the next couple months. Hey, Brindley, we've got a text that's just come in. He wants to know, you know, what's happened to Cam Smith? Um, we know with all the live stuff that's been going on and the the the, the changes that are happening in, in around that space. But Cam Smith, does he still come out um, during this year and win a few few tournaments? Yeah, no, it's 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 tough to tell, right? Because um, you know he's not playing. Can anyone see him? John Rams. Can wait. Do what? Sorry. <laughs> did, did anyone? Did anyone have any sightings of him at the at this TPC Sawgrass? Uh, at uh, players. So apparently he was just down the street, uh, kind of in the same neighborhood as TPC Sawgrass at a place called the Yards, which is like a a 12-hole kind of short course. So the reports were that he was uh, there playing with some buddies. He obviously lives uh, just across across the street on the water. Um, but I, I, I don't believe that he was on property. Uh, he certainly doesn't have his parking uh, spot anymore. But, you know, going back to the previous <laughs> question, whether, you know, whether he's going to win, you know, I, I think certainly when you look at the fact that he doesn't have to beat the John Roms and the Scotty Schefflers playing on the Live Tour, uh, I, I think that he will win a couple times over there. And then it's just about, you know, can he simulate kind of the pressure of playing in a Masters, playing in a major championship? So when he does show up at those events this year, uh, he can win. Um, but I, I think talent-wise, I mean, clearly his short game, like putting, is is still, the you know, one of the best in the world, top five, I think. I, I think he's going to have a chance at the Masters, but I think it's just a matter of, you know, does – playing at Orange County National in Orlando, a public course the week before Augusta, is that really the best prep <laughs> to, to, to go out and win a Masters the next week? The jury's still out on that. I don't know. We'll have to find out. Oh, we hope he's seen, we see him back playing and 
at all the majors. He's a fantastic watch. And someone that we love watching and we've been so proud of over the last couple of weeks is Ryan Fox, our very own Foxy. Tied 27th, a good outing last week. And, uh, mate, we're, we're very... What's your thoughts on Foxy? Only a certain time before he's yeah. in contention? I mean, he's, it seems like he's in the top 30 pretty much every week. I mean, he still doesn't have a top 10 since he was runner-up in, in South Africa or Africa toward the end of last year, um, you know, last season on the DP World Tour. But it's uh, just a very consistent player. I mean, he really smashes the ball off the tee, right? I mean, I just enjoy watching him kind of grip and rip it. And, uh, I mean, gosh, I mean, I, I think he's one of the – probably the player – if you throw out Thomas Peters now, since he went to live, he's probably the guy who doesn't play over here on the PGA tour full time that we'd love to see more of. I mean, I think Minwoo is one of those guys too, but um, it'll be interesting. I mean, talking about kind of where the tours moving next year with its designated events um, where they're going to allow the, you know, top 30 PGA tour members who are inside the top 30 of the official world golf ranking to play in those tournaments. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if Foxy does take up, you know, membership and come play over here. I mean, I think we'd love to have him over here. Um, he clearly loves playing kind of more of that international schedule. So I think we'll just have to wait and see. But um, a guy who I thought got snubbed last year for the presence, Scott Bright, I thought he maybe should have been on Trevor yeah. uh, Emmelman's team. But uh, he'll, he'll get plenty more chances. And, you know, I think it's only a matter of time maybe before we see him start contending at a PGA Tour event here the next year or two. Oh, we're right behind him. We can't wait to, to hopefully see him in contention and, well, be our next major men's winner uh, down under. Our last one was Michael Campbell. So I'm predicting Ryan Fox <laughs> to get out there and maybe lift the trophy later on in this year, if not in the Maybe next the Masters. You never know. We never know. We never know, mate. Look, on that, John Rahm, unfortunately, had to pull out due to illness. Do you see him and Scotty going back to back, back and forth throughout the year for that one number one world oh. spot? Yeah, and, and, you know, no offense to Rory McIlroy, but I, I think that if you're looking at the two best players right now in golf, uh, I think he's a clear number three now behind John Rahm and Scotty. And and Rahm, I mean, we still don't know what the illness is, but I think anyone who has two young kids under the age of two or three knows that, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, sicknesses are, uh, you know, kind of a dime a dozen. So it's it's not... It's not uh, with everything going around right now. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe one of his kids got him sick. But, uh, you know, as far as we know, just a little illness. He'll be back uh, at the WG, WGC match play here in a couple weeks. But, yeah, I mean, you look at the, how prolifically Rahm has, has won tournaments in the last six months or so. I mean, he's done it more than, than Scotty has. Scotty probably recency bias, maybe you get the edge to him. But for those who look at datagolf.com and those rankings, Ron's still ahead of, of Scotty. I mean, just barely, but uh, I, I think he's still the best player in the world right now. I mean, Scotty's just right behind him, kind of a 1A, 1B scenario. But it's really going to be fun. Uh, you know, chances are we're not going to see him go head-to-head at the match play because match play is just such a fickle format. Uh, but Augusta... It, it wouldn't shock me if those two are in the final group. And I think that's just what golf needs right now. I mean, we're going through so much kind of change and there's so much kind of division in the game. Uh, I think to have a real good old fashioned battle between two really superstar players and Scotty and John the rest of the year. I, I think that's just what this game needs. I mean, it's kind of like a tiger of Phil or a tiger of DJ Singh, um, you know, a couple decades ago. So, uh, 
I, I would really like to see that. I know the rest of the PGA Tour, like a lot of those guys would probably like to have their chances as well. Um, but it would be really great to see kind of a 1v2, have those guys win six or seven times each this year and uh, really be battling pretty much every weekend we see them playing together. Beautiful, Brentley. We appreciate your time. And uh, thanks so much for talking golf. You're, uh, you're a busy man, no doubt. What are we doing there? Cutting some scissors? What are we, what are we cutting there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, me? I can, hear the, I can hear something in the background going on there, mate. Now, we appreciate you. You're a busy man. Well, thank oh, you so much for talking to us. That's my dog. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fair you gotta enough. go let him out mate. now, right? <laughs> All good. We Cheers, appreciate guys. your time. Appreciate Thanks so it. much. You take care. There he is. Brentley Remind talking the Players' Championship. Scotty Scheffler, well, he's on another planet at the moment. That John Rahm. Scotty Scheffler battle is something to um, uh, that we absolutely love witnessing and seeing. Keep those messages coming through. The biggest sporting liar is he will one day win the New Zealand Open Pro and leave your name because <laughs> without your name you can't win any golf shoes. It's not at least well, it's I won't not be winning four. that pro am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't be winning no pro am. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not even close. My golf game is horrendous. But great to see Ryan Fox back in contention. We're talking golf coming up. We got off the back fence with the one and only Tony Kemp. You're listening to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Who would have thought 12 months ago that the Breakers would be scrapping out a fifth game winner-takes-all final series against the Sydney Kings? Not me, but after game four, the Sydney Kings coach... He wasn't too happy, was he? Chase Burford, he stormed out of the uh, post-match press conference. And why? He suggested that the Breakers owner, Matt Walsh, had influenced refereeing decisions by making it known after Game 3 that they received fewer penalties and free-throw opportunities in the Sydney Kings. In a tweet, for the record, the Breakers won the foul count 20-17 and shot 26 free-throws to the Sydney Kings 14. So it must have worked, and I can say, well played, Matt Walsh. When you're looking for every single edge that you can, the mind games with the officials is as big a part of the contest off the court than the one that's on it. Was the frustration shown by Burford more than knowing he was beaten to the punch before Game 4 by Walsh rather than appearing to clutch at straws in the post-match? In this instance, I think Walsh delivered a knockout blow. Unlucky chase. The question is, what will we be said this week to give either side an edge going into the penultimate game? One thing's for sure, there's nowhere to run come tomorrow night. And if you are Breakers fans, then get ready for fireworks. This is going to be one cracking last game. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Oh, man, it's going to be a beauty. You have to look back to when they, well, let one slip in game three and uh, over in Sydney and... Well, 91-68. to 68. You can understand the frustration from Matt Walsh, Kempe, but they got well, they got beaten on all facets of play and stats-wise. They got offensively rebound 12-5 to 5 in that game. Total rebounds, they got out-rebounded by 14 rebounds. So the boards and Ben Gennel, second chances to, to gain points was what they were unable to do. So they've got to go there. They've got to show some fight and, and grit and some actual attitude around the boards. It's going to be a great game. They got blown off the park last time out at Sydney, 
This is the decider. This is why you play the game, to head down to that final over, that final ball, and get a result. The NBL is well and truly alive. Mate, you can understand why Matt Walsh is. You do anything, Kempi. Like, you were a coach, coaching the Warriors. How much influence do you try and put, or how much pressure do you try and put on the officials? It's a fine line. It is a it's fine, a fine line. Like It is a fine line. You watch you, the NRL Grand Finals, the first thing the coaches come out of the Monday press conference is saying, yeah, I, hope yeah. the, I hope they tidy the ruck up and let the let the game flow. You know what I mean? The mind game starts straight away the week before. I, I look, I thought it was a really smart move by Matt Walsh to get stuck into the, the referees and knowing that they would have read the tweet and, and play some part in the game. But that's, sport, that's the sport. That's actually what... You go to any lengths to try and give your team an advantage, and he's—I think he's got the job done, and he's gone to this uh, winner-takes-all final game. You know, I listened to Luke Longley talk about uh, the commentary on the weekend, and said in his career, the um, the stadium here in New Zealand for this fourth game was one of the best he's ever seen. He said the noise that was coming out of there from the Breakers fans that played an extra part in them getting this win was phenomenal. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the last game, you know, whether they can carry that, I guess, that mana of that crowd through to the next one. Well, that last outing, the, the crowd was actually quite poor over in Sydney. The Kings, I think it was 7,000 out of 15,000, and the Breakers continue to sell out. So I hope the Sydney Kings fans and Breakers fans can travel and do the NBL some justice and we can get an atmosphere that is willing and deserving of an NBL final. The finale, Game 5, tomorrow night, 9.30. Yes, boy, get up, the Breakers. Coming up, we've got Joey B with some headlines. We've got Keza, Kieran Bingham. He's a part of the SCNZ crew and he's going to be talking ANZ Premiership. But before then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Gracias, Aroha. Thank you very much. It's time for some headlines with Joey B. Brought to you by Kennards Hire. Make your job easy. Kennards.co. Dot NZ, Joey B. Yeah, well, if you've just woken up, we've been talking about that epic test win last night all morning long. This is what Tim Salvey had to say, say about the result. Yeah, no, the guys are reasonably calm throughout the day. Obviously, a lot of rain around this morning, and um, the guys are still reasonably calm. And, and I think as long as having someone like Kane at the crease, the guys were, were, were very trusted in what he was he was going to do. So, um, And alongside Daryl there for, my, for most of the day, it was, uh, it was a great partnership that got us in that position um, late in the day. An unforgettable ending, boys. And uh, in English uh, test cricket news, David Saker is set to return as England's fast bowling coach for the upcoming Ashes series. Australian was previously part of the setup when England last won the Ashes away from home in 2010 to 2011. And in football news, Gary Lineker is set to return to presenting sport on the BBC after he was taken off air for criticising the language used by ministers when discussing the government's asylum policy. Tim Davey, the director of, of the BBC has apologised on Monday for the widespread disru- disruption to sports programming as a lot of um, their employees refused to work until he was brought back onto air. There you go, boys. Those are your sports headlines. Thanks to Ken Atai, making your job easy. Talk to someone who's taken the Ken Oath today. There you go, Z. Thank you, Joey B. Just regards to that test cricket, Ken P. It wasn't too long ago that test cricket was in danger. Yeah. of folding and, and going missing because of the influence that T20 and partic- particular the IPL 
constant new competitions being brought up around the globe in Test cricket was at a situation where it needed to make a resurgence. We are seeing that now. We are seeing that, and, and it's thanks to England and the way that they have changed the way the game has been played. We are continued to see results, which is what we want. I hated it with a passion when you go for five days and you, you just grind out a draw and you have no result in the end. It used to really grind my gears. Mm. But now we are seeing a real resurgence of Test cricket, which is great to see. I absolutely love it. Yeah, the, look, the, you've got to take your hat off to, to cricket because they're forever evolving. You know, like the T20 cricket, the the one-day cricket, the Test match cricket, on the back burner take, took a little bit of a hit and then they come out and Baz, you're dead right, has gone, well, if we're going to play Test cricket, let's get a result. Let's not just play it out for a draw. And, and just that change in mindset has changed how, I, I guess, everyone's decided to play the game. So... Um, I've always held cricket in a in a in sort of high esteem because you're looking at, you know, that game is the way that they've, the the IPL are now the way that the big bashes in Aussie, they've just continually upped it. You know, they've upped the stakes. The thing with it is, will it will it survive? You know, because you, you're talking about the same product. You know, what I mean, you're talking about the same commodity, which is the player that has to choose between what he needs to play. And what we've seen is those players choosing one form of cricket over the other, and it does affect Test cricket. So I think there's still some ground to be sorted out on that Test cricket, even though we've seen a change in attitude with getting results. Do we want more? We want more. Surely we want more Test cricket. Robbie, you're a Test fanatic. You love it. You love your cricket, and you, you love watching it. You're very, very passionate. Is there enough Test cricket at the moment? No. <laughs> no, there isn't. Um, yeah, it's there, there's there's just nothing like it. Like, like I was at a I was at a quiz night last night, and we had the, we had the phone up, and there were people at the table yelling at us like, "Stop watching the cricket!" And we we're like, "You will not understand." Like, <laughs> you, it's like we tried to explain. It's like there's nothing like like I, I understand from an outside point of view. There are points of Test cricket that are boring. Fair enough, but like just ending of Test matches like that. Nothing like it. Mm, absolutely, totally agree. I think there needs to be more in the calendar year because the current rate of, of test cricket is the purest form of cricket. It is test cricket for a reason because it tests you, as Baz would always allude to, test matches, test cricket. It tests your mental fortitude for to the limits. It takes you right to the brink of every limit, and I absolutely love it. I'm enjoying test cricket at the moment. T20 can take a back burn at the moment, and uh, we can continue down this fine form, which is crazy to say because only two and a half weeks ago we were questioning where the Black Caps were at. Well, someone who's not questioning netball at the moment is our next guest, Kieran Bingham. We're going to be talking to him about the ANZ Premiership because it is up and flying at the moment. Southern Steel are struggling. The Mystics and the Pulse are in flying form. So we'll get a wee update from Keza coming up. I'm going to read a couple of these messages before we shoot off couple from Mark, but one here in regards to lies, or potential lies. Joe from Gizzy. Hey, boys, I was working in the banking world in London in the late 90s, and a guy I worked with was away from work for a couple of weeks. When he got back to work, we asked him if he had been sick, but told us he had whipped over to Nepal and climbed Everest. <laughs> this was the days before Facebook and socials, so we called Bullpucky. A couple of months later... 
He was on a National Climbing Magazine cover photo. Ate my hat and my shirt. So there you go. The days before social media when you couldn't confirm or deny what you were up to. Well, he had to eat his hat. Joe from Gizzy, love your honesty. And another one here from Mark. Hey, boys, what about this for a BS? That more people in New Zealand watch rugby rather than NRL. Also, what about Reese Walsh's BS story to the Warriors after committing to them? Mark, size 12, please. Mark, you are adamant. You are determined to win these shoes, aren't you? Size 12. I know you're size 12, and I absolutely love your passion because you said another one before this. Hey, boys, I backed Tyrrell Haddon to win, so I watched a lot, and he's one called up spring. I don't think he smiled all tournament. I know they're under pressure, but smile, Tyrrell. Smile. Mark, size 12, please. <laughs> keep them coming, Mark. Oh, keep them coming, Mark. If you send another three, you potentially go a long way to winning those shoes. <laughs> now, there you go. Karen Bingham coming up, talking ANZ Premiership. Yes, welcome back. 15 away from eight. And Cam sent through a hell of a lie. Morning, lads. One of the biggest lies out there is that I'll be going for a run in the morning to get the rig in shape. Well, I'm with you. I'm with you, Cammy. I'll be going for a run straight after this to get my nine abs exposed from the uh, excessive hanu around the hips. But there you go. <laughs> Love that little bit of honesty. It's now our time to catch up with the one and only Kieran Bingham. Keza, as they call him. Keza was a part of our show earlier on. And, uh, well, when we first came on the air, but the early mornings got the better of him. The Southern Steel's miserable start to the season continued last night as the Stars restricted them to just 40 points and then another fairly one-sided affair. We are now two rounds into the new ANZ Premiership season and there are a couple of juicy matchups coming up this weekend to look forward to. We've got our old mate Kez on the line, co-host of Centre Pass with Storm Purvis, which you can catch tonight from 8 o'clock. Morning, Keza. How you doing? Morning, Odega. How good is it to be on the other side of those intros? <laughs> oh, I know, mate. I know. What, what are you doing, mate? It's a bit, uh, it is 7.40, so you've had a bit of a sleep, and, my friend. But how do you enjoy sitting in the host chair with Storm? Oh, absolutely loving it. Something new, uh, testing out my skills uh, out there, but no one uh, I'd rather do it with than the legend herself, Silver Fern, Storm Purvis. Mate, what, just, Kezo, why didn't you come to us for a few hosting tips? Well, you know, it's quite hard when you... There ain't too many cons when you're playing with the pros, they say, Uncle. Uh, but I just... I was just... It was a bit of a... Uh, for my ego, you know? I can't go straight to the top. I've got to sort of learn myself. You guys give me a bit of critique here and there, and I'll come to you. But you know what? Let's have an ear check after after tonight's show. Oh, beautiful. Let's talk some netball, because it's great to hear your voice. You're all things netball for SCNZ. Pretty tough watch. For Steel fans last night, have you seen anything that might give fans hope the better days are on the horizon? Oh, man, the Steel. Uh, I personally am feeling sad about that one. Before uh, the season started, I tipped them to be my dark horse. They were looking really mm. sharp, adding Sam Winders from the Magic uh, in their defensive circle with Kate Burley and Te Huyanga Tareo, uh, Selby Ricketts, but unfortunately she's been injured. We saw her play last night, but it was just a sad watch because she wasn't 100%. Um, but, boys, for me, that, that just really shows the power of a, of a strong goal shoot in the competition. Georgia Heffern in the uh, England International uh, being ruled out before the start of the season. 
and that's been really hard on the steel, having the Heffernan twins trying to run the show. Mm. A lot of added pressure on them, especially being a World Cup year as well. This is the year you want to make it shine, but I think the steel has just got to stick at it. Look, something's going to come. Uh, they've got uh, George uh, Georgia Heffernan sorry, in the shooting circle, just starting to find her feet now. So, look, that's, uh, that's what it's going to be like for the steel. It's going to be a grind. I'm definitely not writing them off now, but going to be tough. They had two games this weekend, uh, lost by 20 in both. So uh, I know coach Raina Bloxham will be looking for a turnaround next week, but you're right, Daggy, not looking good for you uh, Southlanders down there. What about the Stars? Because you know, they looked unstoppable last night posting their high score. Um, are you pretty confident that after losing in week one, they can go on with it? Stars are another team like that, and I said on the first edition of Centre Pass, look, the Stars are a team that they have all the right uh, key pieces that they need. They lost Anna Harrison, which is a big uh, take from their defensive end, but Ellie Temu, uh, she made her debut in the Ferns dress last year. She's only tw- uh, 24 years of age, so she's the youngest star, but you would never know it, right? The experience that she brings to that uh, defensive circle of the Stars is sort of what my only concern is, lacking a little bit down their other end, but... Maya Wilson had a stunner last night. Gina Crampton is massive again. Uh, every time she puts on the Stars or the black dress, she just seems to pull something out of the bag. But, look, Kempi, for me, the, the Stars, are uh, they definitely could go back to a grand final like we saw them do last year. It's just about whether they can turn those keys and really unlock their system. Yeah, Maya Wilson scoring her highest ever tally last night with 59 goals. So she's hitting her peak at the moment. But the Stars play the Pulse this weekend at Pullman Arena. Who are you favouring in that one? I think I'm going to go with the Stars on this one. They've got the downhill momentum. I know they did play two games this weekend as well as the Steel. But if you match them up with the Pulse, I think they're going to be strong in that centre third. But, boys, it's the Pulse's midcourt this year that that is really looking threatening. They've got the diversity of uh, Maddie Gordon, Farmu Yuani, uh, and a lot of players coming off their bench. And that, that athleticism, that speed, that accuracy has been slowing teams up. So that's going to be the, that's my uh, stunner of the next round coming up. But I think I'm still going to have to uh, tip the stars. But you never write off Yvette McCall's pulse, as we saw last year in that grand final. Okay, Captain K, Tax, Tactics, Mystics or Stars to play the Pulse in the big one this year? What, what are you picking? You're taking the Pulse already, Kempi. I should have known that, you knacky hard. <laughs> All right, uh, let's, let's look at it. Let's look at it. I, look, I think at the moment, boys, as the season stands, it's the Mystics to lose, right? They're firing on all cylinders. It's their mid-court that's leading them down, and they're still one of the best mid-courts in the country, right? So I guess the only fear for Mystics fans is that this tactics team on paper looks like it should be sweeping the competition. They've had lots of returns from injuries. Uh, the centre circle of Karen Berger and Jane Watson uh, played the Mystics over the weekend. They held Grace Wickey to 88%. Uh, Keyword key only 88% for Grace Wickey, but uh, the Mystics team did the same with Alia Dunn. So I guess the only worry for Mystics fans is that the tactics could overtake them. As, uh, this could be as good as the Mystics gets, but if I had to go with the final, Kempi, I'm saying it's going to be Mystics tactics. Uh, and I'm saying it's, uh, in this day and age, it's going to be the Mystics who take it out. Beautiful, the Mystics. Well, you're a producer, you're a host, you're a panel ops. Surely you got full pockets. I think they used that money to send Kempi to Fiji the other week, Daggy. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, Kez, Kez, is congratulations in order here? And you got some news to tell the boys? I saw a little jewelry. I saw a little jewelry store with a couple of round things oh. going around. What was going on? Boys, I went to a ring making class with my lovely girlfriend over the weekend, and uh, Kempi took that uh, into his own head and thought I'm getting married. I'll just put it out there. I'm only just gone 21. I think marriage is uh, knocking on the door a few years down. Uh, but no, Kempi, I'm not getting married. You can stop sending me eight messages a day asking. <laughs> hey, uh, Kez, can you yes, just take Robbie? Can you take Robbie and Joe oh, under your wing and just just try and let them? You know, just teach them a few things how to, you know, just just sort them out, mate. They need a bit of help in that back room. You're the man to do it. You're in love, and it's great to see Kez. It's good to have you back on the airways with us, mate. We miss you. We hope you're doing all right, and uh, thanks so much for talking to ANZ Premiership. Love you, my boys. We'll catch up soon. There he is, Karen Bingham, talking to ANZ. And, well, we're talking wedding rings, Kempe. Do you know something I don't? Mate, I think he's, I think he's hiding something from us, but he'll come out. It'll come out sooner or rather later. <laughs> Beautiful. Appreciate it. A couple of messages there on double eight double three. We'll get to those. And we got Garth Galloway talking cricket coming up after eight. Back soon. Welcome back. After eight, we're going to continue the cricket conversation because our black caps got it done. And just on that, one of the form bowlers of that test match, Blair Tickner, is on with Ian Smith after nine o'clock. So stay tuned to hear from the good CD man, Blair Ticks, the Tickner, who bowled extremely well in that test match. A couple of messages here. How good to hear Kez back in the AM. Biggest lie in sport is when he told Smithy <laughs> that Grace Nowicki is going to be greater than Irene Van Dyke. Yeah, like LeBron's better than Jordan. Brett from Huntley firing daggers at the one and only Kezer. Ooh. Grace Nowicki, Irene Van Dyke. Those debates can go on forever, can't they, Kempe? Oh, they can, mate. What do you, what do you call that? Alan Hewson and Israel Dag. What about that one? <laughs> <laughs> Keep those lies coming through. Morning, boys. Dagger, did Can- Canterbury win? A fib for you. Bill Clinton, Mon- Monica Lewinsky, Carl Shreddy. <laughs> Shreddy, calm down. No, the Crusaders didn't win. And they're going to win this weekend when they beat the Blues up there in Auckland. How good! Coming up, Garth Galloway talking cricket. But before then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, welcome back, Izzy Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ. It is Tuesday morning, the 14th of March, and we've had a good couple of hours so far. We've been talking netball, we've been talking golf, because Ryan Fox tied 27th at the Players' Championship. And just hearing him talk to Staffy, well, he's going to play Augusta for the next couple of days, and then he's going fishing. What a life and what a career that Ryan Fox is living at the moment. He is flying along. At rapid pace. And we've asked you the question earlier on the show, if you had a lie, if you had those friends that tell you a story, a sporting story, or just any story, and you're like, lies, and they have no evidence to back it up, we want to hear from you, double eight, double three. And Mark is adamant that he wants to win these golf shoes, the all-new ZG23 range of golf shoes from Adidas 
just get with, in touch with us on double eight double three oh eight hundred one five zero eight to eleven. We're going to be talking cricket shortly, but this message from Mark, another lie he reckons. How about one more? I think the Warriors can upset the Cowboys this weekend. Mark, size twelve, please. Oh, Marky, he loves it. He's coming in from all angles. He obviously loves the NRL, but just doesn't love the boys getting up there. Oh, I think that'd be a great game, actually, this weekend. Warriors-Cowboys, but Cowboys are desperate to get a win. Absolutely. So, looking forward to that one, Izzy. Um, but here's some good ones in here. I like the one that Ed sent, um, Brett sent through, talking about Kes, yeah. and uh, obviously a massive... There's a there's a ESPN... Um, program on at the moment about Michael Jordan. He's obviously a big Jordan fan. Yeah, he is a big Jordan fan, and I love the messages coming. The one in regards to my amateur win at the Pro-Am, leave your name. Leave your name, and then we'll continue to answer that, and we'll give away those shoes at the end of the show. But right now, it's now time to talk some cricket. Well, after the Black Caps beat England by just one run at the Basin, we thought we'd seen it all. But the very next Test match has delivered yet another performance for the ages with the ever-reliable Kane Williamson joined at the crease by the injured Neil Wagner. We witnessed another historic, historic ending to a Test match that you would have thought was a movie. Garth Galloway joins us on the line to talk through the match. Good morning, Garth. How are you feeling today, mate? Just, well, didn't have much sleep last night. Just recovering. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it wonderful to see Test cricket. You know, it's just, it, is, it is. You know, for, for those of us who love it, and plenty of, of younger people starting to see it as well. It, it, you know, you'll see why many of us, are in a slightly more traditional sense, that's the best version of the game. Only Test cricket can produce uh, an outcome like that. Well, I asked the question during the show about T Twenty and the influence it's, it's had on the world cricket game at the moment and and I, th- I thought you know cricket test cricket the purists the traditionalists like yourself were a wee bit worried well you're not worried anymore because test cricket is well and truly back oh it's wonderful um i mean you do you, you still have to get the crowds in uh, there, were, there weren't a lot of people there as you know during the last um during this test but the england series of course did capture the imagination a bit and test cricket around the world, uh, you know, if you look at the crowds that they get in places like South Africa, it, it is on the decline. But if, if we keep getting results like this and the game being played at a fair old rate, then, uh, you know, I think the interest will grow. It's wonderful. Hey, Garth, do you think that, um, you know, the, the way that test match cricket, we are just talking about it um, coming at, uh, just before we going into a break, about how baseball has really sort of, change the face of cricket because they've gone for results and it looks like everyone now wants to play out a result rather than a draw. Do you think that's actually happening? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the sides have got, a, not just because of what's happened in England. I mean, I, I tend to think mm-hmm. that sides have pushed for wins far more in Test cricket in recent years. and But I think what you're seeing in England has only added to that. Um, and, and it really does. I mean, one of the things that I think is interesting, if you look at the run rate that they were acquiring yesterday, you know, six runs and over with about 15 or 16 overs left, you'd think in a T20 game the game was just resolved, you know. It's, it's, it's straightforward. But for some reason, Test cricket uh, produces these, uh, these positions where we get down to the last ball, uh, you know, and it really was extraordinary and nail-biting. And it was wonderful to see Williamson there at the end. You know, his 27 test centuries now and 93 matches. When I was growing up, you know, I remember Don Bradman had 29 test matches and, and no one ever thought he would, anyone would get near it. 
but if you look at Williamson's conversion rate, 27 test centuries in 93 matches. Tendulka, of course, has got 51. He took 200 matches to do that. Uh, Carlos, 45 and 166. So if you look at, at Williamson, 27 and 93, he really is just world-class. We know that, but uh, the stats speak for mm. it as well. Yeah, we know the importance of Kane Williamson, but it's another name that I think flies under the radar constantly. He scored a century in that first innings. Well, he had a, a winning knock in the end with 81. Daryl Mitchell, mate, your thoughts on Daryl Mitchell and, and the form that he's in at the moment? Well, he's never been out of form <laughs> since he played for New yeah. Zealand. You know, he got a, a 100 in that test against the West Indies when he started. He's played 17 matches. He's averaging nearly 60 with the bat. Um, you know, and his strike rate is 55, which is world-class in test cricket. He's got 500. So uh, he's just terrific. And, you know, he hit the first ball for six yesterday. Um, his, he's a player who, when he comes to the crease, he, he has a momentum. I think, you know, the, the point you make about, about noticing and talking about him is important because I think also Williamson thrived off of having him with him. And, and we've seen that a little bit. Williamson is not scoring at the sort of rates at times that he has done in the past. And when he has a player like uh, Mitchell with him, it takes the pressure off. And Williamson's just able to soak it up and, and do what he does. Uh, so, yeah, Mitchell, absolutely key part of it. Just fabulous. It's a bit of a recurring theme, like the you know, it seems like we're heading towards a loss, and then we're fighting back um, and getting those wins, especially in the last two test matches, being fantastic to watch, but nerve wracking. But do you think it's sort of um, a good sign for this Black Caps team that they're showing so much fight? Yeah, well, I, I do. Um, you know, I had my reservations about the age of the site, and, and, and lots of people are talking about that. But but I think you know they're entitled to be to wake up this morning and reflect on the last um, couple of Test matches they've played in and, and and the character that they've shown, and and so what you see is that when people like me are criticising them and, and and plenty of people have been in the last eighteen months and I think justifiably, uh, they're able to clearly to put all of that and not you know they focus on what they want to do and what they want to achieve and they're clearly tight as a team, and you can't win matches like that unless you're playing for each other so. And, and Tim Southey's obviously done a very good job at combining them. And I like the fact that Williamson has, has been relieved of the captaincy and seems to be enjoying just batting. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think that, that they've been terrific. But I, but I also think, though, that we should just acknowledge also that, that, that this side is coming towards the end of, its, of, of, a, of a great era. Well, I think that probably stopped 18 months ago. But even though we've had these last two wins, you know, they've got a, an issue with Nichols in the middle order. Um, I'm not sure how long Wagner will be around for. Henry is now injured. Jameson is out. And, um, you know, they've got one more test to scrape through for this season. Uh, then they head off. Of course, they've, they've got games and they've got the one-day series in T20 and then Pakistan. So no more test cricket for quite a long time. But I think that they're going to have to think carefully about the, the makeup of the team for the next match and what they do over the winter in terms of bringing players through and just thinking about how they can develop test match cricketers. Well, winning takes the pressure off. Put your coaching selectors hat on right now. Is Henry yeah, Nichols' pressure is off? Is the off is the pressure off Nichols, or are we still casting a lot of doubt over them? Uh, I, I think you've got to drop him for the next test. I'm afraid um, he has. I mean, his average is now plummeting to. I mean, it's still, I suppose, a respectable average, but it's gone from mid forties down to sixteen point six and fifteen innings. Yeah, that's it. In the last. In the last eight tests, that's exactly right, 16.6. 
And, you know, I don't think he should have been picked for this test. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't have played him for quite a while. The question then is, of course, is who do you bring in? And, and, and you've got, um, you know, Young, uh, 13 tests. He's played, he's scored six fifties, three, uh, three, three of those against Bangladesh. And in his last six test matches, he's averaging 12. So, you know, the, I just don't want to think that these um, the, the, these wonderful wins are just papering over the cracks a little bit. There are some issues. Yes. I, I mean, I think they probably have to bring Young in. I'd, I'd love to see Phillips get a go at some stage. I think the team's crying out for a player like him in the middle order. I cannot understand how they drop Will Young and bring in Dougie Bracewell, but they had to make that change. So you're expecting Will Young? <laughs> well, he's not even available. So if they do make that change, who, who comes well, in for Henry Nichols? He's it. He's actually not even there, is he, in the squad at the moment? Don't no. Think. So, and, and Bracewell's come in. Now, of course, you've got... So so I suppose if, if that's the case, they, they probably will play Nichols for another test. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Nichols for one more test. Goodness, I mean, it's tough on him as well. And the worst thing about it for me is when you watch... I mean, it's not, it's not like this has happened over a, a small period. It's 18 months where he's been deteriorating. Uh, you know, you've got to go away and find a way to score runs again and just continuing to pick him. I mean, he, you know, even if he gets 50 in this next test, it's not going to fix the problem. But the, but the next, the makeup of the next test is interesting, isn't it, with the injuries that New Zealand have got, with Henry having stitches in his hand and uh, Wagner looking mm. likely to be out. It's, it's looking like a pretty thin attack in terms of Saudi, Tickner, Kugeline and possibly Bracewell. Do you expect Bracewell to, to make an appearance? With, and what, what does yeah, do. Dougie have to offer? He's great with the ball. He can swing it and see what Fernando well, was able to do with the ball in Hagley. Be a good inclusion. Yeah. Well, you know, you know your cricket. I mean, I, I think any player like Bracewell who bowls, you know, at 135 or so and hits the seam a little bit, moves the ball around, you know, he's, he's accurate and quite muscular in the way he bowls, hits the pitch hard. I, I mean, I think he would be a, a bit of a handful for Sri Lanka. I actually prefer him uh, to Kugelai and Tickner. Uh, so, you know, from my point of view, I'd love to see him be, be going to go. Beautiful. Well, the ODI squad to take on Sri Lanka has just been named this morning. What are your thoughts? Any names you think should be there? you got Chad Bowes who's been playing great for Canterbury at the moment with his inclusion. Anything is surprising? And Ben Lister. And Ben Lister. And ben Lister. So, yep. uh, great. That, uh, well, well, no, I think it's fantastic. I mean, of course, the IPL takes a few players out, um, and, so, and so that affects it. But I, I'm delighted to see Bo's being given a go. To, you know, it shows you that if you work hard enough and for long enough, you'll get a, a run. Uh, and I think he'll do well. I think, you know, against a team like Sri Lanka, he could, he could do really well. So it's lovely to see him get a go. Uh, the other thing is Lister, and I like the look of Lister. He swings the ball around. He's got a lot of variations. And, you know, I, I think, it, you know, he will do well for New Zealand as well. So great to see a couple of younger players coming through uh, and good to see that, you know, hard work pays off and they've got to get their opportunities. I think we'll enjoy the one-day series and the T20 series with Sri Lanka. It'll be good fun. Yeah, it'll be great fun. We love having the Sri Lankans down here and playing some nice cricket to boot. Garth Galloway talking the test match that was yesterday that, Conclusion, the Black Caps taking it out with the last ball. One win, uh, one run win for the Black Caps. Thank you so much, Garth. We appreciate your time. Nice to be with you. Cheers. There he is, Garth Galloway, talking cricket. Love what he said about, wow, just real honest yeah. summation in terms of uh, selections. They won't make a change. They've got one more test match left. And we're, look. Yeah, you're hoping that Henry Nichols can, can find some form.
but those stats, they don't lie. Stats do not lie, Kempe. It's been a difficult 18 months for Henry Nichols. 15 innings, averaging 16.6, 250 runs. It's, it's not great reading, but um, they're going to continue down that line. And Dougie Bracewell, I am absolutely hoping, with his ability to move that ball and actually shape it. Kugelan, he's out and out pace. We've got Blair Tickner, he is out and out pace. So I feel like we do not need a similar bowler. We need players that can move the ball, shape the ball off the off the pitch. And Tim Southey and Dougie Bracewell are those men, I feel. Yeah, and look, I, I think I took it from that to what Garth was saying with the changing of the guard. You know, they'll probably try and get through this series, the next series, and, and just sort of settle on the side that they have before they start to make those changes through the... The Black Caps, because he's right, it is a, a side that's probably past its use-by date and they're going to have to make those transitions. Um, yeah, Henry Nichols is just one of those players that right in the firing line at the moment. You know, do you keep him in there? Do you do you take him out? The team's winning. What is it be, What is be, You know, this decision is about what is best for the team because it could, it could have a, um, you know, with guys that need some... I guess some stability, having having a, a change with Henry Nichols and on the back of a win, I don't think is really what you should be doing. That's 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 my personal thoughts. But I think you know, I, I, I think it. it's coming. I think the changes are definitely coming. Yeah. And one test match left before the season's over and then potentially someone else maybe put their hand up, or even better, Henry Nichols can go and find some form in tet domestic cricket and then get his confidence back and show some intent with the willow in hand. That was Garth Galloway talking cricket. It was great to hear from him. Coming up, we're going to catch up with Paulie Moati because there's plenty we need to ask, Paul, because you you spoke about it in your Love Racing update. We've got Pango racing tomorrow at Warwick Farm in race five. Boosted, Paulie. McAvoy on top. J-Mac suspended. We're meant to have J-Mac, but he is suspended, so he will not be available. So we'll be asking the one and only Paulie Moati for some boosted odds because it's about time... He gave us some, wow, some, some gravy, that, some gravy, <laughs> some odds, something from Paulie Moati. It's all take, take, take. It's now time for the one and only Paul to give. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Yes, it's eight twenty-five. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. We're crossing to Paulie Moati. Paulie. You know, it's that time, mate. It's coming out. It's coming out in Aussie tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Pongo is his big day, and he wants to know, boosted odds, son. Can you give us three bucks? Please, Paul. Please, Paulie. <laughs> oh, I'll have a word with the boys now. You may have noticed that the website's down at the moment. Yes, um, what's so going on? We can't boot. We can't boost anything at the moment. Look, there was some plan uh, maintenance overnight. It's just taken a little longer than the uh, boys thought it would, but they're um, they're working as hard as they can to get the uh, website back up. Um, so it shouldn't be too much longer. But uh, so yeah, but uh, I'll have a word, Izzy. Um, I'll see if the boys are keen on helping you out there uh, and boosting Pungal. So uh, yeah, you'll just It'll have to wait. It'll be much appreciated, but, mate. Because I'm getting hounded left, right, and said, You did it the first time, but you haven't done it since. It's He's because had five he, took plenty. he took plenty too, <laughs> is he, on that first one? Oh, boy. Yeah. Come on, guys, have a look at the weekend. You, you smashed us, didn't you? <laughs>
Hey, Paulie, what you got, uh, mate? You got the breakers coming up tomorrow. Obviously, um, there's plenty.